0: Welcome to The Honest Pour with John Lennart, where we go beyond the bottle to connect you with the people and places that make each wine so unique.
1: A family with over 700 years in the wine business, with a history as great patrons of the arts, one-time partner of the Mondavis, and now the leaders of an important social project, the Frescobaldis. I sat down with the winery's president, Lamberto Frescobaldi, at Italy in Chicago to talk about all of this and taste his intriguing
0: wines. This episode of The Honest Poor is sponsored in part by Fooditur.com, bringing you the stories of Chicago's chefs, restaurants, and people who make food all over town. Fooditur.com
1: Hi, welcome to The Honest Poor. I'm John Lennart. Joining me today is Marchese Lamberto Frescobaldi, president of Frescobaldi. Welcome to the show.
2: Hello, it's very nice to be with you today. Uh, and it's lovely to be in Chicago again. It was some years had and come to this lovely city.
1: Talk to me a little bit about your family's history. I mean, it's rich and deep and old. I mean, 700 years in in, in the wine business is, it's hard for Americans to understand what 700 Mm. years is because our country's only 250 years old. (laughs) Tell me a little bit about your family's history in the wine business and how it really was influential in forming Chianti.
2: And uh, yeah, it's quite mm, unusual also for us, to be very honest, because also Italy is a very young uh, country. Uh, Italy has been one country since uh, 150 years plus. Mm, But people always think of Italy as the Roman Empire and being all together. But that was even more of a longer time. Then Italy was divided in lots of bits and pieces. And that's the reason also why Italy sometimes is actually so interesting to, uh, to people around the world because there are so many different cultures through the little country that is Italy. Because if you compare Italy to any kind of other uh, states of America, Italy is, is a niche, is, is nothing. And they live 60 million people where <clears throat> we go through different languages with different uh, accents, but also sometimes beyond different accents, really really with different words that, um, that, that are pronounced. So, it's a, it's, a, a, it's a melting pot of Italians, Italy, and my family has been uh, living and making their way through this, um, this, uh, this country for many centuries. Before, as, um, as um, traders, Florence uh, became well known in the medieval times for trading wool uh, and textile in general, and uh, uh, took up a quite of an issue. Was that when you do trading, you had to deal with uh, money, and, and shipping money was uh, it is complicated these days. It's risky, and it was even more complicated in the past, and uh, and so. Mm, believe that the first uh, check was invented in Florence by a, a guy called Mr. Datini, uh, That uh, in the 12th century he, uh, he invented this amazing thing of writing that you would have be paid, and he wrote it in a piece of paper. But if you really think about that, it's quite of a revolution, and um, and so. Checks, uh, letter of credits, all of those things do came from, uh, from Florence. And uh, at Florence, um, after some time, uh, a little bit left uh, the, uh, the initial, and my family also, initial tradition of being traders of textile and they, be, they became bankers. And becoming bankers, um, the profit that they were doing, they were invested in land and land meant around Florence, uh, vineyards and olive oil and olives. And, uh, and that was uh, was the beginning of selling wine to the city. Mm-hmm. And it's quite interesting because in, in our family archives, everything is, has been written down and we have all the records of that. Uh, because um, uh, wine already in those days, in the 1300s, it was a text uh, product. Sure. So when you were taking it into the city, you had to pay, pay taxes. the tax. And so you have all the records of paying the taxes. And actually it actually was quite interesting because the community knew how much wine was sold in the city of Florence, pro capita consumption. All those other things were quite known and very interesting.
1: That appeals to the history geek in me. I like history, (laughs) and that that's really exciting. So you have all these. uh, We
2: have all these documents
1: uh, going back. Documents going back,
2: and sometimes we open uh, our archives to to professors that they would like to study some some history about it, and letters between us and some people that then became famous, uh, like artists. uh, or kings, uh, kings. Well, your family was, yeah.
1: was a great, great patron of the arts.
2: Yes, indeed. Uh, and also <clears throat> with uh, the English crown, because they were bankers, so lending money, uh, the Europeans crown oh, they always needed money because they were always fighting between themselves. And so they needed money to support the army. And, uh, and so you, you, it was a little bit, uh, you were lending money, sometimes to both of them. So both of the two uh, can- uh, countries that they were fighting between them, because you didn't know, you couldn't put all your eggs in a basket. So because it, you would have would have taken the money back from whom it would have won, not the person would have lost. Uh, and, and wine has been always uh, with, uh, within our story, our family. Uh, when we lived uh, for like 200 years in the 1600, 15 and 1600 in um, in England. They were also traders of wine, not only bankers. And then uh, in Bordeaux, because Bordeaux was part of England for the world of 200 years, uh, La Quitania. And uh, that's the reason why uh, the the British love wines from Bordeaux, because they yet have somewhat of a sense of memories Mm -hmm. that that land was theirs, or their land. And so wine has uh, been always... uh, accomplishing that.
1: Did you feel any pressure when you were a young man to go into the wine business? Was that sort of a a thing where it was foregone conclusion Mm. you were going to be in wine or did you want to maybe do something else?
2: No, to be very honest, I never had that pressure. Uh, I believe that it Mm, I, I believe that my, my, my parents were very good on that. If, they, if, they, if that was their intention, they did a very, very good job <laughs> because I didn't have that pressure. Um, but I had also the, the, the opportunity the, uh, to, um, to g- g- grow up. Um, when I was a kid, uh, we used to live in the countryside next to Nipotsano, that is one of our estates, where we had a cellar in our, in our, in our home. And, uh, and so sneaking in the cellar tasting wine and uh, maybe not tasting it drinking wine and uh, and um, and enjoying all the life of, of the vineyards and, uh, the people working there and and um, taking their their mopeds and driving them around and I uh, know you know really enjoying the country experience and then I actually studied uh, I went to the Agricultural University in Florence and then I I had this uh, great opportunity uh, to go to UC Davis uh, back in mid-80s and uh, I graduated from Davis in 87 then I came back home. uh, I was obliged to join the army for one and a half year, that was mandatory those days in Italy and I had a great time in the army to be very honest. And I was almost ready to to keep and uh, join the army. And then at that point, that was the only moment that my father uh, did a move on me and said, you know, mm, you know, come on, you know, let's be serious about it. And, uh, and so I, I, I joined the, the the family business and. Um, uh, and from what I studied at Davis, I was in charge of um, of vineyards and replanting the vineyards and, and 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 carrying. And and so then I made my way through over years.
1: And your family has ten estates in Tuscany, yeah? Yes,
2: yeah, we have um, different ten different places that there are um, six as Frescobaldi uh, that we're branding them as Frescobaldi, and the others instead we don't brand them as Frescobaldi, but we have kept. The name uh, that they already had, because they, uh, they were um, they came in our family from for acquisition rather than, than building them from scratch. So, so we, in that sense, we kept the name of uh, of, of the company or the owners, previous sure. owners, also in the sense of uh, of, uh, of respect of what they was done before by other people.
1: So, of your ten estates, what's your total production?
2: The total production is around uh, just above now 10 million bottles. We like to count bottles rather than cases, <laughs> we feel that we are more important because cases. Uh, and uh, but also because um, uh, I think that in every bottle there is a little bit of a spirit of us, and rather in the cases a little bit diluted that that feeling. So we like to talk about bottles. So it's around 10 million and. Uh, so we are a, a medium-sized uh, winery, sure. um, but when we look at uh, wineries that they are actually uh, self-producing uh, 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 wineries, we become one of the, the most largest uh, important winery in that sense.
1: And each estate has its own production. Yes, indeed. Now, we, I'm going to take a step back, because we are to talk about this very famous uh, partnership you had with the Mondavis yes. in, in the U.S. and the movie... Mando, Mando, Mandovino. Yes. Uh, talk to me about that. Uh, tell me about how, how that partnership came to be, why it was important, and what was the mm-hmm. outcome?
2: But uh, the, the partnership um, came uh, thanks to the fact that the Mondavis, um, you know, the Mondavis had uh, Italian heritage. They came from Italy in 1908. Uh, I believe that the first place where they, they stopped, settled was uh, Missouri, and then from Missouri, uh, During prohibition, they moved to California to buy better grapes to make wine, and uh, and then uh, and then they established themselves there. I believe that in uh, in Bob Mondavi's soul, there was a part of uh, of the soul was telling him. he wanted to go back to Returned Italy. Returned to Italy, sure. And he, he cruised uh, Italy from north to south, south and west, uh, east and west, and, and finally uh, looking for, for somebody to partner. And um, once uh, his uh, son, uh, Tim, came over um, and he was uh, said, you know, go and talk with the Friscobaldi's, Baldi's uh, people that are uh, wine growers. Uh, maybe you can find something interesting to share with. So he came over, he met my father, and um, they stayed two, day, two days together. They went before to see two of our estates close to Florence, one is called Pomino, up in the mountains of Florence, then Nipozzano. And the next day they drove to Montalcino, our estate in Castagiocondo. And Montalcino is a very well-known area, for the Rosso and Brunello di Montalcino he Tim said I would like to come back in a few months with with my team and at uh, that moment I, uh, I I did I appeared with my team those days and we we stayed a number of days together we were tasting and uh, and we liked uh, what we were doing together we liked the spirit we liked the fact that it was not we didn't want to do another wine we there was no pressure on doing A-Wine, a, a awesome business, extra business. Mundavi was large enough, didn't need to do any kind of other businesses in Italy. We were much smaller, but but let's say that we were quite happy of our business, so it was uh, the the all the reason here was uh, about um, doing something and sharing the passion and doing actually something even better. so really raising the bar and this was uh, this was uh, what happened uh, and uh, and became a terrific partnership. I must say I learned so much things by by them by the Mundavi, by by Batim, by, by Michael. Uh, and then, of course, uh, Bob, uh, Margaret Mondavi, that she just uh, just passed, yeah. pa- passed away. That she um, she was a lovely lady, and it's thanks to her that uh, the wine uh, Luce, his name Luce, because it was her that came up with the name Luce, was terrific. We had an agreement that who of the two family would have lost the control of the mother family, the other one could have bought back uh, the shares, and that happened uh, in two thousand five, uh, between four and five where Mondavi was bought by Constellation, and so we, uh, we bought back the shares. So once the
1: family got out of the business, you decided, yeah. let's keep it in exactly. the family. Exactly, we'll keep it in the and family, <clears throat> what, what, Just for my listeners that maybe don't know, what wines came out of that partnership? Uh,
2: from that partnership, mm, uh, the, the first uh, wine that came out was a wine called Luce. is a... So-called Super Tuscan is a red wine made with uh, Sangiovese and Merlot, both coming from Montalcino, uh, so sort of the central part of Tuscany. Um, so, um, what you guys uh, call in America Super Tuscan because it's, it's considered to be super good and quite expensive, I would say. Uh, and then after a few years, a second wine came around, was Lucente. Uh, Again, a blend of Merlot and Sangiovese, yet coming from Montacino with a little bit less uh, age in in oak, uh, instead of mm, two years, uh, only one year, one year or 15 months. And uh, with 2003 vintage, uh, a Brunello di Montacino of Luce. So only uh, red wines from this
1: um, And these wines are still available today. And they're still
2: available, and the, and, uh, the partnership ended, but the spirit is is uh, yet there, and, uh, and this wine is actually doing extremely well, both in the States, but also around the world, from, from Japan to, to Asia in general, and to Europe, and Italy. Italy is a they very well uh, accepted, these kind of wines.
1: We're going to taste three wines today. Yeah. Tell me about the wines we're going to taste today. Let's
2: start with the Allier, okay. uh, with the Rosé, and...
1: Um, now, Rosé, you don't think, typically Americans don't think, Tuscany rosé. Uh, you just started making the rosé. Was that sort of a, a a reaction to demand in the market for rosé? I mean, rosé is the hot thing. Everyone's drinking it all the time. But now.
2: this uh, three years ago, uh, I started this uh, this wine. Not really for the fact that is uh, was the hot thing, but. Uh, Because um, for for me uh, this estate uh, was developed. uh, We started from scratch uh, from both uh, land without any vineyards in 1999, and then started planting in 2001. The vineyards now we have over 300 acres. Uh, Initially. Only thought about uh, doing um, red wines uh, and a little bit of white wines with some typical uh, white variety of the area it's called Vermentino. Vermentino. And you know, when you go in a place and you from and you start from scratch from a place where there is no vineyard, you have to build up a little bit of know-how about the place. It's not that you go there. It takes
1: and, time to uh, get the feel for uh, it. Exactly.
2: Yeah. And so, for a number of years, we only did red wines, and then. We actually saw that the, the white uh, varieties were actually very, very pleasant. And the, the Syrah that we were using for, to make a, a complex uh, uh, wine, uh, red wine, was also very, very good. So we said, maybe we have an opportunity here with Syrah. Uh, once uh, we said, why don't we give a try with Syrah and do a, um, a lighter wine, a little more fruity, and um, I'm a good friend of a very well-known producer from from uh, from Southern France, uh, he's called uh, Sacha Lichin, mm-hmm. that he, he produces um, uh, the wine from Chateau and uh, and he was uh, very nice uh, with me to to exchange some ideas about the wines and uh, and so gave me some courage and we 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 began the wine was nicely received uh, in Italy the first vintage was 3 years ago the second again and then with this uh, third one we decided to to come over and to have this uh, this wine with a with a light,
1: uh, pretty color. kind of salmon color, yeah,
2: salmon color, and uh, with, uh, with an intense, uh, rich uh, nose uh, that comes from the, both the Syrah and the Vermentino. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but the Vermentino, because the Syrah, when you when you drain it right away, it tends to be a little bit uh, lighter in the palate. And said the Vermentino, if you put it together, the, the Vermentino can be of a, quite of a rich. Uh, wide variety.
1: Mm. That's nice. It's got that red fruit character from the Syrah, but that wonderful minerality from the, Vin- Vermentino. From the Vermentino, citrus and minerality.
2: And also, in the in the palate, the complexity of um, of the Vermentino um, that is um, uh, put on, uh, kept with the yeast for as long as we can. So it um, becomes nice and complex and uh, and uh, this wine, uh, although it doesn't taste uh, of oak, it actually ferments in oak. It does. What we did initially was a very uh, simple way. I, I remember I had a big um, container where I used to keep um, a refrigerator container, where I used to keep my cuttings uh, when we were planting and now we are planting less and so we don't need to keep refrigerated the cat things before before planting and it was sitting there and i said you know let's give it a try let's put fill it up with barrels and let's cool it down all the barrel not only the juice but the the, the room itself uh, and um, so we cooled it down initially at 7 degrees celsius and then we let it up uh, very slowly and the wine fermented in in oak without getting uh, the, f- the the oak uh, um, feeling, uh, and in a very cold environment, uh, and, uh, and…
1: The Vermentino th- sees oak as well?
2: Yes, indeed. Um. And, uh, and it came, and uh, not all of it, uh, but uh, a good 30 percent of it uh, sees oak. It's got a
1: super long finish for finish a rosé. It just keeps, I keep tasting and tasting and tasting. Wonderful wine. Do you know what the retail price of this wine is?
2: It's um, it's around twenty.
1: Twenty retail in the US? US. That's terrific. Yeah. All right. What's next?
2: Okay. Next, uh, we go to vecchie viti, old vines, from uh, Nipozzano, Nipozzano, <clears throat> Italian. This word comes from Latin. Uh, ni, it's no in Latin. So no Pozzo, no well. There, there was a dry area, dry farm. the dry farm, so very few wells uh, for in the area. And uh, um, the mountain in front of us is called Munsecco, dry mountain. So this uh, place is quite dry, uh, but experiences a, a fairly cool night. Because uh, this Chianti Rufina, we are quite up in the mountains, uh, around 300, that is... uh, um, 300 meters? 300 meters is... uh, 900 feet? Yeah, 900 feet. uh, You must know that uh, when I began uh, uh, being in charge of vineyards, the first thing was to plant, uh, replant the vineyards, that they were planted by uh, by my father in the 60s and 70s. Why that? Because in the 60s and 70s, in Italy, there was a big shortage of wine. And uh, politics was a little there was a shortage
1: bit of wine in Italy, that's in Italy. scary.
2: Yes, in, <laughs> at that time, the, the population was, uh, was experiencing a better income, uh, exports started to, to become more important, and there was a lack of wine. And, uh, uh, but wine was also, had a little bit of a political issues within wine, every, all agriculture. You have to think that uh, Italy, uh, 55% of the population in Italy was uh, working uh, with land on uh, um, on everything related with agriculture. These days is less than 5%. Okay. So at that point was a was the community was very large and it was a voting power. So uh, voting power meant that uh, there was a little bit of a, you know, Italy was very close to, to the Eastern Bloc, uh, Russia, and, uh, and so uh, there was the idea that wine had to be for everybody. Wine had to be inexpensive, not really. Quality was not the, the first issue. It was to do, give something as quantity, and inexpensive because wine. We don't have to forget that is calories. Right. There are some calories there. So it was was to give a cheap calorie to everybody. Um, and so um, the varieties and the clone selection uh, uh, done in the 60s and by university was towards big crop, big berry, big uh, uh, big class Make a lot of juice. Make a lot of juice. That. It became quite of a, of a problem in the 80s and- uh, Sure,
1: because then everyone saw the Italian wine is just cheap, plonk sh- and- Exactly.
2: And uh, and so um, it's, um, it was quite of an, uh, tough, I remember, uh, an initial stage was to, to try to um, have the vineyards produce less it was quite difficult. So at the end, the most uh, simple thing was to, and the best thing was to replant the vineyards Mm, put, pull them out and replant um, lower vigorous rootstock, lower vigorous varieties with smaller berry. Uh, because small berry means more We're skin over juice, better so better wine. And, um, and this has been my karma for, for many, for 20 years and above. And uh, this vineyard here, Vecchia Vitti, in uh, Vintage 2011, was the was intended to be the last harvest of this uh, twenty uh, hectares, so almost pro- more than forty acres vineyard, um, uh, and uh, and that wine came out being very good.
1: The old vines. The old vines,
2: and so we said you know, shoot. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, now, now what do we do? Now what do we do? But we said you know, it's it is a small, it's it's a small percentage. Let's. Let's keep it. And and we actually did this wine and has been very well received. Uh, 2011, this is 12, and then now we have 13. Uh, so let's taste it together.
1: Mm, pretty. Very floral nose and very light, light nose. red fruit, strawberry and fresh cherry.
2: So there is the... yeah, of course, the Sangiovese plays the biggest role, but this fruitiness comes from Old plants of Malvasia. That uh, Malvasia has a little bit of a. Sometimes you could mm, mix it with um, with, with Cab because it's a little bit greenish character sometimes. It's uh, they are the old Malvasia, the new ones. Uh, unfortunately, were selected to produce bigger amount of fruit and then mm, not very interesting. But here there is the Malvasia. There is also the Canaiolo another typical uh, local variety in Tuscany and the colorino colorino it adds colore means color right. and adds uh, color to this uh, wine and uh, and so this it's uh, a wine that this is delicious then it's, uh, it's aged in uh, in cask it's not <coughs> aged in barrels any longer so cask of 30 hectoliters uh, uh, um, cask, a um, little bit more of the tradition. The good thing of that these casks are new, so they don't have all the, the bad things of old wood. Sure. Sometimes, it, sometimes it carries a little bit of a funky... A little you know, botanomiasis. Exactly. Uh, and uh, so that is going to be what we're going to have to experience for the future.
1: Well, this wine, the acid is super bright, the tannins are, are bold. Uh, this is... Uh, this wine screams for food, doesn't it? Mm. indeed. Delicious, absolutely delicious. And do you know the uh, retail price on this wine?
2: Uh, the retail price on this one it's um, between twenty five and, uh, and and thirty.
1: That's a terrific value for a thirty dollar wine, the uh, Vite. And finally, what do we have?
2: Uh, uh, it's it's a wine that um, means uh, for me uh, a lot. Is this uh, wine called Gorgona? Is a is a the name of an island. It's off the coast of Tuscany. It's 20 miles off the coast of Tuscany. It's a tiny island, 400 acres of land. And only- The whole
1: island's 400 acres? 400 Small acres. Small
2: island. Small island. It's, uh, and it's a prison. It's a prison island. And this wine is, is made in a prison. Inmates work uh, the, at the vineyard, work in the cellar. And um, I began this project back in 2012. Um, because uh, because it's a long story, but uh, I had the opportunity to to give help uh, to to the to the um, jail uh, organization to have these people work and we pay them and to make them feel... Give
1: them a trade when they leave? Yeah, yeah, yeah. and
2: give them also the sense of, 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 of working, sure. and be paid for that, and also sense of pride again. People have been in jail, sometimes have, have never actually worked in their life, and they've always been uh, misbehaving uh, out there, and then in jail instead they understood that something had to change in their life, and they applied to go to this island. Uh, the group is small; It's around seventy people on the island, and at this project there are only eighteen that they work. And they, of course they rotate because the vineyard is only two acres. We've actually planted out of two acres; it's going to be four acres in the near future.
1: So, what kind of production do you get out of two acres?
2: But this is, it was the second vintage, and
1: there. Uh, oh, just 2,685 bottles. bottles. Virtually nothing.
2: Virtually nothing. And uh, then in, with 2015 we did actually 4,000 bottles. Well, with 2016 we're going to do a little bit less. We had a little bit less of, of fruit. This uh, uh, every year the the in the the, in the central part of the label we change. This year here, um, good friend with uh, with Maestro Andrea Bocelli, and uh, we were talking about this uh, during a summer about this project and he was uh, excited about it. He just went to the, to visit the island this year, and uh, I asked him, would you like to write something uh, for this project? And so
1: every vintage you have another, another somebody else somebody writes else. the vintage notes. Yeah. Interesting.
2: And, uh, and so this is a wax uh, um, closer on the top, mm-hmm. that is quite, it's not so difficult to open, and you have to put the, This, uh, you have to press it.
1: So, opening a bottle with a wax capsule always presents a little bit of a challenge.
2: No, no, it's not so difficult.
1: You you, uh, clearly know your way around that wax capsule.
2: You you go like this. It's easy, clean, opens up. So, it's not messy like the wax. Because this is a
1: a softer wax.
2: It's a softer wax. So, Gorgona, Mm -hmm. there is also a little map on the bottle. It shows uh, where the
1: island
2: is. And then you have to know geography. I think that everybody that loves wine, if you really like wine, you have to be a little bit interested. And I say a little bit quoted. You have to be, I think, more than a little bit interested to history and geography. Absolutely. Because uh, if something has happened in a place, it's thanks to the geography of the place. And then you start, you get to know... Uh, the, the the story of uh, of it and uh, and uh, and it's these days actually it's, it's very easy because you you Google it yeah and you yeah, right. you, you, can, can, uh, you can zoom
1: down from Google Ed, Earth and see and the whole you place can, and
2: from Google Earth if you Google it you actually zoom down and you see and you see the the vineyards that they are mm, there and uh, why why this because uh, Um, Inmates, um, you know, people uh, often uh, in life they do stupid things, they do mistakes when uh, they go to jail. uh, Some of them really want to make a change, a step change in their life. And uh, as much as maybe people would not like to admit this, but people, no matter what, one day they're out. Uh, And when these people, that day, uh, will happen after 15, 20, 30 years, they're going to be out. Um, If they didn't have a chance to learn something or to have an opportunity to work for somebody, they're going to do quite easily. uh, Fall back into the old
1: way. Fall back.
2: Uh, Recidivism. It's uh, over 70% in Italy, over 80% in the States. And instead, has been proven if they are working, if they do something, uh, recidivism cha- it drops at 20%, wow. or even less. Wow! In some cases, also 5%. So, with a little bit of effort, you actually are doing a great, uh, a great service to the community. So, <clears throat> so through this bottle of wine, that mm. is it's actually a- very costly for us, and also very costly for the public. Um, we are doing um, a service at the community and a service at ourselves also. Because when a person is in jail, it costs, as tax yeah. Payments, yeah, right. a taxpayer, a lot of money. So we have to get away from this. We, and we have to put aside our uh, feelings that you would like the guy to put him in jail, lock him in, you and throw away track, the key. Yeah. But this is not how the system has been done. So uh, let's taste this wine that is made with Vermentino and Ansonica, two white varieties.
1: And obviously aged in oak, there's a bit of a golden color, golden yellow to this.
2: Yeah, a little part is aged in oak, but most of it is fermented. Uh, But this is actually picked a little bit later. It's a little bit like, it's not an orange wine, but has some,
1: some, some, some,
2: some, some, aging on uh, on the
1: east, mm-hmm. Real pretty um, tree fruit, um, kind of a shy nose, but delicate.
2: <clears throat> the shy nose is due to the fact that the two varieties are not really expressed for the nose, but they are much more
1: for on the palate. Wow, yeah, very elegant wine. Very um, elegant, very
2: complex, long, yeah. long finish. Uh, Great acidity,
1: but there's, there's a good body to it, good weight to it, it's almost got a, a, a Chardonnay-like yeah. weight yeah. without having that kind of clunky fruit sometimes yeah, yeah, associated also with Chardonnay. A kiwi taste. Kiwi. Yeah, kiwi. that's it, yeah, kiwi, I was, I was in citrus. Yeah. There's tree fruit and yeah. there's citrus. And
2: but it's the kiwi that is a mixer between citruses and, and sweetness.
1: Mm, lovely. Very complex, delicious, again, would be amazing with seafood. Amazing with seafood. Amazing with seafood. Yeah. Um, and the retail price on this wine, this does any make it to the U.S.? It's such a low in,
2: production. Uh, to U.S., um, we, are, uh, we ship um, around uh, 600 bottles. Okay,
1: so much gets here.
2: And, um, and you know the retail price? The retail price of this, it's around 100.
1: Dollars. 100.
2: And um, also, this is important because uh, this is not another wine, another white wine. And uh, it's important also the people when they approach to this wine, they w- I want them to understand what it is, and also the price makes rings a bell to them.
1: Yeah, yeah, oh yeah.
2: And so they say, wait, wait a second, what's what's going on here? So they. They want to get to know more about it. Mm-hmm. And I think that this is a, it's a great way of, of, uh, of, um, of, of opening a world that, that out there is ex- exists, that people maybe don't want to not even think about it, but it exists. A huge amount of people are, are, are in jail. And a good amount, not a huge, but a good amount of people want to uh, change their life uh, in, in the good way uh, after paying at the society what they have done as a mistake. So I'm saying that who goes to jail must stay in jail as long as the jail has been sentenced for that. But when you're out, you're out and you have to start to live again and to actually give back at the community. Because uh, when you're in jail, you, the community spends money for you. And now and then you have to go out there, we'll work, and the with community. your taxes, you have to pay back. Your, also, your debt that you have with,
1: with the community. It's a terrific social idea. It's, uh, uh, it's and this amazing. is how many vintages
2: now? Now we just done uh, the fifth harvest. This is the
1: fifth harvest, okay. 2016,
2: 2016 is the so fifth
1: 2011. And
2: 2011. Uh, so, no, twelve, twelve, thirteen, right. fourteen, fifteen. 12, 13, 14, 15. Uh, In 16. Sixteen, yeah, so twelve. Yeah, uh, so the twelve vintage was the uh, the first one. This is the second one, uh, and, and uh, clearly
1: uh, age-worthy wine. This yes. wine you lay down like a like a like a uh, grand cru Bordeaux. Absolutely, a Burgundy rather, Absolutely. grand cru Burgundy. Um, yes. Marchese Lomberto Frescobaldi, thank you so much for your time. It was absolutely a pleasure to meet you, thank to you. taste your wines, to, to talk about the history of your family, and more importantly about uh, this great social experiment you're doing with uh, your your Gorgona.
2: Thank you very much, and uh, uh, thank you, John, for your for your time, and uh, and I, I hope that you can. Come and visit us in, in Italy one
0: day. When, so? I
1: come to, when I come to Tuscany, you're my first phone call. Very good. Thank, <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much, sir. Thank you.
0: Thank you.
1: It's a pleasure.
0: For John's tasting notes on the wines from this episode, go to www.thehonestporepod.com. Make sure you catch every episode by subscribing to The Honest Poor with John Lennart at iTunes, Stitcher, or the Google Play Store. Also, be sure to like us on Facebook at The Honest Poor with John Lennart and follow us on Twitter at The Honest Poor. This has been The Honest Poor with John Lennart, music by Kevin MacLeod.